Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello, and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. I am co-host John O'Brien from the Keystone Contractors Association, coming to you live from central Pennsylvania. It's a mini little field trip today. Normally, I'm in good old sunshine part of Dillsburg. But today I'm at my parents' house in Mechanicsburg, the next door neighbor to Dillsburg. So it's all good. It's still Central PA. So I'm still around the roots and everything here. So, but joined as always by fellow co host Chris Martin. Chris, where are you coming from today, brother? Hey, John. It's good to see you. And I like the O'Brien family right over your shoulder. It looks good. <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. There it is. Say hello to Mr. and Mrs. O'Brien for us. Wait. Hi, everybody. This is Chris Martin. And I am coming to you from downtown, lovely Swickley in the village. Just close to where our guest is at, but my name is Chris Martin, and I am president of Atlas Marketing, and we tell stories for companies that build things, and we got a doozy one today, John. We do. We're season four, and we have tons of contractors that listen, and we talk about project management techniques, safety techniques, all these good episodes that help contractors, but we never really talk about work and upcoming construction projects, right. current construction projects and upcoming construction. We talk so, about all that sexy stuff. I know. It's so, not the real hard stuff. But this is the stuff our listeners want to hear about, you know. <laughs> true. Yeah. True, so, true, true. Yeah. So today we're very excited to welcome Paul Hoback, the Executive Vice President and Chief Development Officer for the Allegheny County Airport Authority. Welcome, Paul. Thank you so much, John and Chris. I really appreciate you allowing me the time and to be on your show today. Certainly like to thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, It's great to be here. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. And, and I'm coming to you from the lovely Pittsburgh International Airport on the fourth floor of the mezzanine level of our landside terminal building, a building which in a few short years won't be with us anymore. And uh, we'll talk probably more about that later in this podcast. So looking forward to it on the site of one of the best, most exciting construction projects in the state. And uh, we're just excited to talk about it. So it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet. You want to quickly get us up to speed on the project and kind of. Yeah. So the, the, the project that I'm really here to talk about is, uh, is our terminal modernization program. It's a project that began in its inception, probably eight years ago in the planning process, when we were going through facilities master plan for the airport, really taking a look at some aging, I mean, everybody says, why are you doing this at the new airport? Well, our new airport is now 31 years old and has been through a lot when it was first built in the late 80s and early 90s and it opened in October of 1992. Back then in October of 1992, we were a major hub of U.S. Airways. What that meant was that 80% of our passengers back then used to never come through this landside terminal that I'm sitting in right now. So they never used ticketing. They never used baggage claim. They never used the security checkpoint. They would stay airside because they were flying in on one plane, hopping over to a different gate and flying out. They were connecting passengers. And so they were just in transit and never coming to or from Pittsburgh. We're a different airport now. We're in a different era. We're serving a different industry. You probably remember back in the early 2000s, 9-11 happened. The, our major hub carrier, U.S. Airways, went through two bankruptcies, and they decided to de-hub Pittsburgh and, and Pittsburgh International Airport. And then our traffic quickly moved from, you know, 21 million mainly connecting passengers 
to, frankly, five or six years ago, under 8 million, mainly just origin and destination travelers. So the airport that we were built to, to handle up to 36 million passengers a year, it w- was completely obsolete as soon as that impact from that dehubbing happened. So, you know, fast forward to the 2015 timeframe, we were going through a facilities master plan and saying, okay, number one, we have a lot of deferred maintenance. We have a lot, we, we have a very costly terminal to maintain. We have eight miles of underground baggage conveyors that are costly to maintain. We have a, a half a mile peeper mover train system that costs $4 million plus to operate and maintain. If we were to build an origin and destination airport today, what would that look like? And and what that actually looked like and what project really came out of that, the terminal modernization program, was really a project which focused on a few goals. Number one, first and foremost, we wanted this to be a project that delivered stable and predictable costs to our airline partners. We wanted to make sure that they understood what the costs were coming in, that we ha- we had stable costs. And, and in order to do that, we had to re- great, significantly reduce our operation and maintenance costs by eliminating things like that eight mileage of baggage conveyor by the half a mile people mover train and doing things like that. So that was our number one priority. We also wanted to improve the passenger experience, implement sustainability initiatives, really have a great project for a region which had actually created economic development. So we had a lot of those goals early on in the program. And really what came out of that was a project to take our existing airport today, eliminate the landside terminal that I sit in today, and really build a new landside connector that's connected to our airside facility. So it's one building, one efficient, productive facility that that was right for our passengers that didn't use a dime of taxpayer money in the building of it or to, to operate and maintain it. We operate every single day off of just user fees and the airlines pay for that. And we worked for probably 48 months with our airline partners to figure out what this project really looked like. Right at the beginning of the pandemic, we we had all of our airline partners in agreement, ready to move forward. But then we took a little bit of a pause because we wanted to make sure the project that we designed was the right project to build coming out of the pandemic and in a post-pandemic world. We took a pause. We made sure we designed this, implemented a, a few design features that that really took the pandemic into account. And we got them to agree in 2021 to proceed with the project. They're the primary backers of the debt associated with this project. And we've been under construction now for a couple of years. We're about 30% complete with construction. We are about 95% bought out, but the the other 5% that that we have to bid will be coming here in the near future, 50 plus million dollars worth of work. And, you know, we're about, like I said, I think 30, 33% done with construction. It's a great project and a great and really coming to this region at just the right time. We hit the market at really the right time for a good portion of this project right at the end of the Shell Cracker plant, which was being built just a 15 minute drive up the road. There was 8,000 construction workers on site there for the last several years, and they just started stopped construction right at the beginning of us starting construction. So we were able to capture a lot of that workforce and really continue to grow them onto this this project. So I know that's probably a lot, and you probably have a thousand questions with that, but it just kind of gives you an overview <laughs> of, of, of why we need to do this project in the first place. Nice. Yeah. Fire away, John. I know you have questions. Oh, I'm too. So go ahead. I was just 
blown away by the no tax dollars. It's all user fee, user fees. So that's yeah. that's, that's something like, that usually p- surprises people. People think that yeah. that we use tax dollars out here, local tax dollars, to operate and maintain this airport. We don't at all, not a dime. Very cool. I think that's a, an important point to just emphasize because of the fact that this is being funded completely through the customers that are actually using it. And by that, I mean the airlines. Yeah. And that's a huge story for the region because nothing against the pro sports that typically when you hear something of this magnitude, that means that the tax fair is going to take on that burden, like a new arena or a new stadium. And I'm equating that to that size of, of a project because it is that massive. Oh yeah. Yeah. So within this new project, are there, is there reconfigurations of runways and, and that, is that why you're 33% of the way there? Or is it just because of all of the, the you know, security and the challenges that come with building an airport? Yeah. So really, we're not really doing any work on our airfield, airfield whatsoever. There was a lot of airfield work associated with the 1992 terminal, the midfield terminal complex project, if you were around back then. But there's none associated with this work. This is all just really facility improvements. Just to give you a better understanding of, of the project, we split the project into two separate projects. One is our, is the new terminal and some of the facilities associated with that new terminal. So the curbside, the new front bridge, that it will be a three-level bridge that will bring departing and arriving traffic up into this new landside building is actually 1,200 foot long. It's bigger than the Fort Pitt Bridge itself. So that's just one aspect of this project as well as building the new terminal, the new three-level terminal, which has the three levels or the departing level on top, the very top level, the middle level will be our arrivals. That'll be kind of even with the existing airside terminal where the gates are, it's around the same level as that. And then down on the bottom level, the ramp level, that's the ground transportation center. That's where the transportation network companies, the Ubers, the lifts, the taxis, the commercial side of, of things will happen. But then we have a completely separate project, which is building a new 5,000 space parking garage, which I think when we open, I think will be the largest parking garage here in the state of Pennsylvania. So that's a significant part of that project that's going on. It includes all the roadways associated with entering into that. The new parking garage will also, the whole ground level will be our rental car partners that will be housed there. So a lot of airports, they choose to put the rental cars off-site and you have to get a bus or shuttle bus or something or a train to go. We made sure that we kept that on-site so it's just walkable, so it's very convenient for our passengers. It's one of the things the passengers really wanted when they heard we were going to build a new airport because right now it's walkable to our rental car partners. So they'll be housed down on the first level of, of the parking garage. And it's really everything associated with that the, the functions of that parking garage that, that the other team is working on. And we have two separate construction managers that are running point on on those two separate projects with a lot of coordination and collaboration between those two teams. Awesome. I got to tell you, I was really excited when I saw this on the schedule and I saw we were talking about this project. My wife and I have run through the airport many times as we're catching a flight, you know, (laughs) I know very well. And also prior to moving to central Pennsylvania, I worked out in Pittsburgh at the Master Builders Association. Oh yeah. And about 10 years ago, I put together a little booklet of projects that contractors are proud of, most proud of, or whatever. And I remember sitting down with Cliff Rao, CEO of PJ Dick, and 
known very well. Yeah. yeah. What are some of the projects clip that you're that you're most proud of? And then he listed four or five. And one of the four or five was the early nineties, the terminal building at the airport. Yeah. And it's so cool. You got the same construction manager. You have the PJ Dick Hunt team working yes. for it's hopefully when Master Builders works on their next book, he could say, This is no, this is my new favorite favorite project to work on. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. You know, just I think about two years ago. I attended down at the, you know, it was Heinz Field at the time, but a Christian Stadium now. I attended a retirement party for one of the important labor individuals in the region. And, and it was so neat to hear some of the speeches around his retirement. And everybody from a legacy perspective looked back on some of those key projects that they talked about. It was the stadiums, it was the convention center, it was the airport. And it was just everybody had such great pride in that. And we wanted to make sure since from day one of this project that we had that same sense of pride in, in people building this new airport. I mean, this is really only going to be the, the fourth airport in, in the hundred plus years of aviation history here in the, in the Western Pennsylvania region. The first being the Allegheny County Airport in West Mifflin. That's where all commercial travelers went out of after 1931. Then the Greater Pittsburgh International Airport, 1952 terminal that was built right here on site, but just over more towards Moon Township. And then, of course, the Midfield Terminal Complex in 1992. This is only the fourth airport that we built in 100 years of aviation. And it's so important to our region. It's so important as an economic you know, engine and generator uh, you know, for the region. And so we wanted to instill that that great sense of pride and legacy in, in all of the team that worked on this project. And, and that has been very successful. We wanted to make sure that this was the project of choice in the region. And part of making this the project of choice is really talking to people about how much this means for the next 30 or 40 years uh, of people flying in and out of Pittsburgh. The airport is the, when we think of Pittsburgh, I often think of the front door being the Fort Pitt Tunnels. When you come through that Fort Pitt Tunnels, that amazing view of the Golden Triangle that you get, well, you know what? For 10 million passengers a year, each year in Pittsburgh, the front door to the region is right here at the airport. So we want to make sure that we have an airport that's reflective of our community that really instills that sense of pride in everybody who's from this region. And we know we're going to have that with this project. So sorry for rambling on there, but I just felt that was important. No, that's good. No, you're right. It is the front door and it's always that first impression. But Paul, let me ask you this. John mentioned it earlier. We want to have the opportunity to kind of announce or communicate to all the GCs, all the, everybody that's listening to this. Can you tell us about the upcoming projects that are taking place at yeah. the airport? Absolutely, Chris. And thank you for bringing that up because that's one of the important reasons why we're on here today. On Thursday, August 10th, from 3 to 5 p.m. at the Carpenters Union Hall, right here in Collier Township, we are going to be having an outreach event to contractors. We have 50 plus million dollars worth of work to still bid out. There are four critical bid packages associated with this work. And by the way, there's still more to come in the future after this. This is just the four bid packages that we have here in the very near future. The first one is our Customs and Border Patrol space. We are reconfiguring our Customs and Border Patrol space. So frankly, this will be the really first impression of the region for people that are flying from an international perspective. So that's how important that project will be. There's a lot of work that's going on in there, and it'll have 
you know, really general contractors, electrical, mechanical, HVAC, plumbing and fire protection. So it's going to have all of those contracts associated with this work. We're also relocating our Allegheny County Police Department that work out here at the airport. We have a tremendous partnership with the Allegheny County uh, Police, and they help us from a security perspective out here. And so we'll be relocating their police department also as part of this overall project. We'll be relocating all of our airlines, of course. And so the airlines have a lot of office spaces for like around their ticket counter space. They have baggage offices. All of those spaces need fit out. We'll be building the corn shell with some bid packages that are already out there now. But this is the really, we call it the airline fit out package. And then I can tell you one of the pivots that we really made during the pandemic, we were seeing so many people around the region starting to take advantage of outdoor spaces. We always had intended to include a few outdoor terraces in these spaces, but we never intended to include it on a scale of actually creating four outdoor terraces associated with this new airport. Two of those terraces are going to be accessible from our landside terminal, so pre-security, but also two outdoor landscape terraces will be accessible from airside. So when you go to airside to your gate and you're looking for things to do, if you don't want to go get some food and beverage or do some shopping and get some retail, you know, and you just want to hang out and go outdoors, you will be able to do that in the new Pittsburgh International Airport. And I can tell you what, I can only count on maybe one or two hands, the number of airports in the entire world that have that opportunity. We're going to have it in two different locations in our new airport. So the fourth bid package is our landscape contracts, and it's going to be a pretty significant landscape contract to really do some landscaping work on those four terraces as well as around the, the new terminal space. We have, as part of this overall project, we brought the design team in early on, probably four years ago, once we assembled that team. And we really wanted to give them a, really an understanding of what Pittsburgh's all about. And we took them down to Pittsburgh. We did team building workshops. We took them through like basically all 90 neighborhoods of the Pittsburgh region, went to some interesting restaurants so they get a feeling of our culture, went to some interesting things like the museums and all those kind of things and took them up on Mount Washington, took them all over the place. But really walking out of that, we knew that that Pittsburgh was de defined primarily by three themes, nature, technology, and community. And we wanted to make sure that our design was inspired by those three elements. And really nature, incorporating those outdoor spaces, those outdoor terraces, having a building that's got a lot of natural light in it, even though we don't always get sunny days here in Pittsburgh, there, it still makes you much happier and a much better experience if you get natural light in the building. We have a building that's designed with a tree branch columns that really inspire that nature feeling inside. Certainly all of the very best technologies will be incorporated into this building and we want to make it one of the smartest airports in the world. And then also from a community standpoint, one of the very unique things about our airport is our meter and greeter population. So these are people that that choose to actually drop off or pick up their loved ones at the airport. And we have a huge population of those kind of people, and they want a place to hang out. So in our arrivals right outside of baggage claim, we're going to have a very big space that's going to be for meter, meters and greeters for them to congregate and, and wait for their loved ones and be able to enjoy the environment in the airport. So it's really incorporating those senses of community spaces into the building from a design standpoint. So I know I went on so, a tangent there, but I just kind of want to explain those couple things. Well, that's good to know. 
Yeah. That's really cool. Look, Paul, let me ask you this though. How can contractors, subcontractors, you talked about four bid packages. How can they find out about this? And more importantly, do they have to register for this August 10th meeting? So, so we definitely would like them to register and, and you can, you know, please go on to our website. You can go through the Fly Pittsburgh, but really under the Pit Transformed website, you can make sure you, they go and register for the event. We'd like to them to register, but if they want to just come and, and register right when they get there, we're going to be open to both. One of the most important elements of this program is that this become a project that is built for Pittsburgh. And not for one single airline, which is what our 1992 terminal, the terminal we sit in today, it was built for one airline and it was built for U.S. Airways and their model. We want this airport to be built for Pittsburgh and for this new model that we have here that we operate out of and for all the airlines that, that are our critical partners. But we also want this to be an airport that's built by Pittsburgh. So we want those local firms and local contractors to contractors of all sizes. We don't want just primes being here. We want the smaller subcontractors to come to this event where they can start interacting and having networking opportunities with these big prime contractors. And this is just the start of these outreach events. This will be talking about those four upcoming bid packages, but we're also going to have smaller outreach events associated with each one of these bid packages in the September and October timeframe, where we're going to bring in dis really disadvantaged businesses and smaller businesses to connect with those primes that are looking to bid on these projects. So there's multiple outreach events coming up, multiple opportunities. You can get to it both ways, even through Pit Transformed or through our flypittsburgh.com website. So, And if you don't get an opportunity to register, still show up on August 10th, 3 to 5 p.m., We'll be glad to have you, and and we want everybody involved, especially those contractors in the Pittsburgh region. Awesome. Hey, on the Building PA podcast, we talk a lot of safety, and we have safety directors on all the time, and a few safety directors I've spoken to that are associated with the project. Just talk about what a great safety culture this airport project has. Can you maybe touch on that a little bit and explain oh, that? Absolutely. It, it is built into our culture to be, that's the first and foremost thing that we think about each and every day. It is one of the early decisions that we made that was the best decision we could have made. We definitely chose this to be an owner's controlled insurance program, but we as the owner wanted to be responsible for the safety on the program. So instead of relying on our construction managers to bring in the safety team, we went out and hired our own person, which would lead this team. And they're an Pittsburgh International Airport employee, which is actually leading this program. It's an individual that has been leading the safety industry for years, working on other airports, working for Skanska, and he's just a phenomenal individual. And he's that. So that decision for us to be put safety at the forefront and be responsible as the owner, the you know for the entire safety of this program was the best decision that we could have made. And making sure that we have a safety culture where it really starts the top, making sure that the, the executive team is out there in the field, shaking hands, talking to people. We have five worker lunches where we bring in five of the frontline employees, construction workers, twice a month. And we meet with them. Myself, I sit down with them, our program director, and to hear about their problems. We have committees that, you know, you ask and we did. So we have multiple opportunities where people can get out there and give us safety ideas. And we make sure that we meet back up with them and tell them how we resolved issues, 
what we've done for them. I mean, it's just a really an incredible culture. You know, I'm knocking on wood, but I can tell you we have seen the results from this. Our number one metric is that every single person goes home to their families each and every night that safe and secure in exactly the same way that they came to work that day. That's our number one metric, but we measure a lot of metrics. We actually created an, a partnership with OSHA. This is the first of its kind owner partnership. Usually it's a construction manager or a contractor that has a partnership with OSHA. So we have that partnership with OSHA where we invite them out onto the site. We're constantly being proactive with them, working side by side with them, instead of them being a reactive regulatory agency that is responding in, in an accident. We invite them onto the site all the time, have meetings with them right on the site, and, and it's an incredible partnership and we learn from each other. So I would consider this to be one of the top-notch safety programs, I think, in the country, no doubt in my mind. And we make sure that, that we create an environment where it's open, it's a learning environment, we're honest with each other, we know we're never going to be perfect, and we always strive to get better. And most importantly, we have relationships with people on the front lines and really constantly communicating. We start each and every day with an outside stretch and flex where we're talking about planning for the day. We get together as a full group, 700 construction workers out there right now that, that are all come around our stage and we talk about safety. We do some stretching and flexing and all that kind of stuff and, and really start the day right. It's something that I could tell you it's it's our number one priority. And we want to make sure that these contractors end this project better off than they began it and and leave a legacy and a culture of of safe, you know, construction for the Pittsburgh region after this is all said and done. So it's our top priority and we certainly treat it that way. Well, Paul, I just want to let you know, I think we have the safest podcast audience in the country. No doubt. Your event, August 10th, I think you're going to see a lot of attendees come in because, because we love safety on this podcast. And what you're doing is amazing. It's August 10th, 3 to 5 at the Carpenters, right off of the Parkway West there. So we'll blast it out to people. Hopefully we can get a lot of people there. And I just wanted to throw that in there before, before Chris asked his last question here, I think. So. That's yeah, fantastic. And thank you so much, John. We, we really appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. Well, the only thing I want to add, Paul, is with other projects that you have and other opportunities to get the industry to notice, pay attention. I'm sure everybody knows it before it even hits the street in terms of a bid package, but we'd love to have you come back on the Building Pay podcast and talk about future projects as it relates to the airport. Because as you mentioned, it is such an economic driver. It's such a noticeable part of the region and the state. So thank you for joining us today, Paul. It's been a fantastic conversation and we can't wait to see what comes next at the airport. I'd love to be back. We have so much work going on out here. We're building this 80,000 square foot new cargo building. We're building a new construction for our additive manufacturing industry site we call Neighborhood 91. There's just a ton of work going on out here. We got about $40 million in capital improvements each year that are just regular routine runway improvements. We've just recently built a microgrid. I mean, there's so much work going on. I'd love to talk about it sometime. So yeah, I'd love to take you up on that invitation. But thank you, John and Chris, for having me on the show today. This is a tremendous opportunity and a great opportunity for so many contractors in the region and love to get the word out. So thank you. Thank you for joining the Building PA Podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook and visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.